Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My adventures into trans reality. No. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce. Welcome to my ongoing transploration. Today's guest is Calvin Guerra, or Guerra. While I realize that it is now apparently racist to mispronounce somebody's name, it's also still not racist to do so against a white person. Though Calvin is trans, so maybe it's transphobic for me to be mispronouncing his last name. Anyways, Calvin runs a YouTube channel with a lot more numbers than I am able to provide, but that's okay because we're in a speakeasy and there's not a lot of easy speaking when you get too many people in the room, right? So this is just our secret, just you and me. Calvin talks about his ideological leaning, which is based on biology and what he calls logic. And I would agree with him, even though I'm just a poet. So what do I know? It feels logical. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. He talks about how... He is trying to carve out a space between, I guess, these two warring sides, the radical trans activists and the gender critical feminists. And those people are like kicking up a lot of dust. And, you know, there's a lot of different nuanced discussions in there. I'm not going to denigrate that war. Calvin's his own person. Calvin's got his own ideas. We get into gender dysphoria. We get into what is a true trans person. What is gatekeeping? What needs to be gatekeeped? his ideas, his opinions, and here I am, the sideline promoter or somebody on the sidelines to another wonderful guest in this ongoing series on gender, sexuality, and transition. Here's Calvin. You want to do a brief history of, of your uh, your life and either on or off the internet or like how do you fit into the trans identity and the discussion? And Okay. The first thing I will say is that... Um... I I see all these people um, like gender really gender critical people who have this argument that like nobody is actually trans and anybody that is trans is that way because something in their life made them hate being the gender they were born as or something in their life um, they had trauma or they had this I'm sure you've heard about it like you know childhood trauma or like sexual trauma and the reason that I really like hate that and I like hate that ideology is like, because I I never had any of that you know what I mean. I never had any sort of like childhood trauma. Like I, I kind of grew up in like this. I live in like Maryland, so I live in like the suburbs. Like I live in like a very like liberal area, um, full of like a lot of like smart people. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of way Maryland is hard to explain. But um, we, so I grew up just like the most like typical kid ever. Like I didn't really go through that much as a kid. That was really hard. And like I always from very, very young age, probably, like, early, like, three, four, five years old, I, like, would wear, like, exclusively, like, boy clothes as soon as I could dress myself. It was always, like, dressing like a male, wanting to look like a male. If people called me a boy, I felt very, like, it, it felt more normal than when people would refer to me as a girl, even though I was assigned female at birth. So, from a very young age, even before, like, anybody could have influenced, you know, people are like, you're, you're influenced to feel this way. Before anybody could have influenced me to be trans or to, you know, be involved in all this, I felt that way. 
um, to a farther extent than just your typical person being like, oh, I like dressing like a boy, like a tomboy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a, a line between like, OK, you're just a tomboy and OK, this is deeper than that, which would be like me. I literally tell my mom like at age five that like, oh, I'm a boy. Like, I want you to call me Kyle, like because my birth name was Kaylee. So Kyle was like the closest name. Mm-hmm. So I would I would always say that and I would like um, I didn't really understand that I wasn't male. Like that's something that I didn't understand until I got to the age of like five or six where like gender started to kind of be separated. Um, like mm-hmm. I, when I would hang out with kids in my neighborhood, like. I didn't understand that it wasn't socially acceptable for me as a girl to take off like my shirt because I just didn't think I didn't think that I was like different than other boys that I hang out. And so like that's more of like a, you know, physical thing. It's like an observable. They call it like childhood gender dysphoria. Yeah. Um, And like common ground I can find with these like gender critical people is like gender dysphoria. I don't think it's the best term. I do think that gender identity disorder is better because I mean like looking at it on a surface level like it is kind of a disorder um like feeling in your brain like having your brain wired as the opposite gender than your body was assigned at birth isn't like normal like it's natural but not normal how severe was that for you i've met some trans people for whom it is a very painful uh, experience uh, looking in the mirror and being always just confronted by this alien shape that you have yeah, so for me, it was, like, I mean, still is, like, really bad, and I think that also, like, shapes the way that I, I view this whole, like, trans thing, because, hmm. you know, there's people out there who say they're trans, but they don't have gender dysphoria, or, you know, they don't they don't experience that, and I'm like, you literally, there's literally no reason for you to say that you're the same as I am, you're trans, you know, you're, you you know, you're gonna transition, there's literally no reason for you to do that when, like, I actually do have something like going on in my brain that makes me feel this way and you don't like there's no there's no reason for that and so it like the the gender dysphoria like because when I was younger it was more so me just like being like I was pretty carefree about it because like you know there's no really biological differences between like a five-year-old boy and like a five-year-old girl but when I got to be yeah you know what I mean like like the voice and body shape things like that other than like genitals you know there's no difference then and so when i got to be like 13 and i started going through like female puberty literally i remember the day that like my chest started to like develop like into like female like a female chest when i started to notice it i literally cried for like three hours like telling my mom like i don't want it like i don't i just wanted to stop like and again, I, I was never objectified. Like, I never had a sexual trauma or anything like that. And it wasn't that I didn't want, uh, like, a female, a female chest for the reason of I didn't, like, want to, like, deal with it. It was literally that I wanted a male chest. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way I'd like to think of it is, like, if you're trans, it's not that you want it, like, gone per se. It's that you want – you would rather have a male chest, which is, you know mm-hmm. – um, just like your nipples, like a, you know what I mean? Like there's differences between just having a flat chest and having breasts. It's like the way the nipples are placed size. Well, what about desire though? Like, are you attracted to breasts or attracted to the male chest? I'm no, I'm, um, straight. So I'm only attracted to girls. Okay. And and you're not attracted to yourself being a girl. That's actually (laughs) the opposite of attraction. There's a disgust there. 
Yeah, it was like hmm. it 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 was like I I knew it was wrong. It just felt it felt very wrong. Hmm. You know what I mean? It didn't feel and so I would even like at like 13 um you know, I would like actively do things to make my chest like flat and like t-shirts and stuff. I would um like I would like this sounds so weird, but like I would like pee into a funnel so I could pee standing up because like I just like <laughs> it felt because it just I know isn't that weird like that's sorry to a... laugh. <laughs> no, I would laugh too. My parents when I told my mom that when I was like 16 and I told her that I used to do that when I was a kid, she laughed at me like she was like that's fucking hilarious. I don't know if I can curse by the way. I'm sorry. Yeah, I curse fine. a lot. I'll try really hard not to, but no, it's I'm okay. bad. This is this isn't PBS or NPR, okay, yeah. so <laughs> I'm really bad. But um hmm. So I was doing all these things and <laughs> did you did you start to do binding? Yeah, that's what I okay. that's how it started is with ace bandages. Okay. And did you, is, did you start to notice like that it started shaping you off or like doing damage to your your spine? My ribs. Your ribs and stuff. Like Actually, my ribs are still messed up. I have top surgery now, but my ribs, like from binding, uh, your ribs can kind of like stick out like a little bit mm-hmm. if you do it for too long. So I've been mean, doing it since I was like 13, 14. Yeah. Hmm. There was a there was a period of time, which is interesting. I hear this from a lot of trans people. Uh, when I was like 13, probably like between eighth and ninth grade. I actually did try to like conform to being a girl. Like I, I, these girls in my school would tell me like when I got to be like, you know, in eighth or ninth grade. And that's when you like, you know, you just feel like I, I started to like, you know, I was just kind of like, well, what happened is and when I was in eighth grade, I had an art teacher. I didn't know what trans was at this point, by the way. I didn't know. I had this art teacher that <laughs> was named uh, Miss Jones. And she said that she was getting surgery and she was going to be gone for two weeks. She went away and came back as Mr. Jones. So when that happened, that's when I learned what like FTM was. And immediately, like I was like, that's the way I feel like I I can become a guy like that's what I wanted. And the kids at school were like so mean, like they were genuinely so rude to him and like would call him like tranny, she male, all those stereotypical things. Well, and so but that, not a she male, but a he femme, I guess is the whatever, whatever <laughs> okay. they called it. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, it was literally just like calling him an it and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I commend him because I would not have been able to deal with that, especially after first coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and when you witnessed that around you, what what was your reaction? Did you kind of retreat even further or when I reconsider when I so obviously like up until that point, I dressed as a boy like I would just wear like boys T-shirts and short like jeans even to school. I remember in sixth grade like no, but there was this whole like it was literally gossip of like my grade when I got into sixth grade. People were asking if I was a boy or a girl and like nobody really knew till they like heard my name because I was like new to the school. So like nobody knew, which was really funny. Um, But at that point, um, because I had already had people like ask me if I was like gay, like if I liked when I was a girl, they would say, oh, are you gay? And like, I heavily denied that too. I like denied all of it. Um, and especially with the trans thing, because when I was in ninth grade, I told everyone I was gay. Like, I, I really didn't care at that point. You know what I mean? Especially YouTube really helped me with the gay thing is like, I would watch gay YouTubers. So it made me feel better about being um, in like the LGBT community. You know, like yeah. I didn't, I knew that people in like 2014, people didn't really care about if you were gay or not. Um, but the trans thing, it felt more like personal, you know what I mean? It was something that I was like, I have to accept this to myself, and I can't, I have to be okay with people like being mean to me about it before I can tell anybody. And I'll so you forget. ventured into being a female 
for a while after seeing how your art teacher had been treated. Probably for, yeah, like a, a year, maybe like half a year. But I how was that? Awful. It was awful. I remember um, all these girls, I would hang out with like a lot of like girls and especially in middle school because like, I don't know, I hung out with like boys and girls, but I had this like group of friends who were girls and they would always say to me, they'd be like, oh, you look so pretty with your hair down. Like, oh, you look so pretty when you dress more girly. Like people will like you better if you dress this way. And I was just like, okay, I'll just try it for the first time in my whole life. Like, and like, I remember my friend gave me this like pink jacket. And, like, I wore it, like, one time, and I, like, hated it, like, just because it was, like, pink, which is funny, because, like, now I wear pink, which is fine. But it was – it's just so weird because, like, it's a, it's such a weird thing that, like, I, I never had any reason to, like, not be okay with, like, um, being a girl. Like, I had no reason. I had more of a reason to, like, not want to be – like a masculine girl or a trans guy because of like all this hate I was seeing towards this art teacher and like how people, tr- but no matter what I tried to do, like it just mm. always did not feel right. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I got to like, huh? No, continue please. Oh, when I got to ninth grade, um, and I told everyone that I was gay at the time, like as a girl, uh, that's when I just started dressing more like masculine again. And like sophomore years when I came out as trans, is that was would you say that there's a difference between how you were presenting and like the butch lesbian? Do you do you resonate with the butch kind of aesthetic? I was definitely like that. Yeah. For a short period of time, probably only like it's hard to explain because like I had like I kind of had this like more like skater look. And it's funny because like even when I had that look and I was like a butch lesbian that you would say because I was you know, I had a girlfriend at the time. And I was, like, the more masculine of both of us. And it's interesting because she was actually – I remember mentioning to her when I first started dating her. It was, like, early 2015 at the time. And I told her I thought I was trans. And she was like, no, you're not. Like, I'm not – Like, I don't – I don't – you know, you're just going to have to, like, figure that out because – like, she tried to, like, convince me that I wasn't. And I still was just like, no. Like, I just know. Like, and I would tell her, like – I think dating actually really did help me um, further understand, like, feeling like I just need to transition because, um, first of all, I felt very, like, uncomfortable with my body. You know what I mean? Like, I never even, like, I could just never, like, connect with any, like, female body parts that I had. Hmm. I never could. Like, with myself, with people referring to me or from people, like, talking, like, not in like even from I mean in a sexual way yes but also from just like a social way and also like within myself and I think the biggest thing for me is like it was me and like myself when I came to the realization that like even if I was on a desert island like nobody around it was just me I would still want to transition like I would still be so much happier in the body that I have now hmm. so did was know. there a an attraction uh, or a phase where you went non-binary, or did you have? That yeah, oh t- yeah. Okay. Yes, w- I, what was that absolutely. for you? Was that enough? Well, was that just a, a cover, oh, or what was that? God, it was like it was probably like December of 2015. It was right before I came out as trans. Cause I came out as trans to everybody early 2016, and I had this. So, um, at the time, I had an Instagram page, and it was secretive it was a secret instagram page that only my best friend followed and i would 
what the purpose of this page was so that I could present as non-binary, trans, whatever, and see how I felt with people calling me he or they or whatever. I'll never forget, though, I did make a video on YouTube coming out as agender, like saying I was non-binary, which now I look back at and I'm like, absolutely not. Like, it was a cover-up. Okay. Well, was it a cover it up? Was it a cover up or was it a necessary kind of stage for you to be able to kind of start to reconsider who you were or reconfigure how you were seen? I think that's what it was. My like my psychologist um, has like talked about this to me a lot. Um, Hmm. So like what she says is that for a lot of people like non-binary is a transitional period. It's a period where you go from like, well, I'm not cis, but I don't want to fully accept that I'm trans, so I'm going to identify as this middle ground. Not to say that, you know, all non-binary people are doing it as a transitional period, but I'd say most people who are non-binary are either trans, like fully FTM or MTF, or cis. And what what do the cis people get out of being uh, non-binary, if we can generalize about this group? Oh, they definitely, I mean, this is something people say. They they say, like, it's an argument I get a lot, um, is that why would anyone pretend to be trans? Why would anyone want to be trans for attention? And the truth of the matter is being trans is very politicized, mm-hmm. especially in social justice circles. And, like, if you identify as non-binary on the Internet, you're going to get more credibility and more people listening to what you have to say about social justice than somebody who is just a cisgender like white person you mm-hmm. know you get these oppression points mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and for for me like it's insult it's almost like insulting in a way because it's like i did not transition for oppression points i didn't transition for like internet like clout i didn't transition so that people would like listen to me i transitioned for me like i transitioned because it's something i had to do to be happy and i see these people that are completely content being female or having a female body, and they say they're trans for literally just no reason. Hmm. What about the influence of the internet on your thinking and your personality? One thing that's kind of different about you than the other people that I've spoken to is that you actually have a established media presence. Uh, I mean, just from your YouTube follower account and the amount of content that you generate, and you've been doing it for a long time during this period of history that's seen an explosion in awareness of, of trans issues. So yeah, how was that navigating that? So for, I will say, first of all, um, obviously like I'm going to link like the people that follow me. So I'm sure people who follow me will like watch this. I say, like, to those people, like, definitely go watch your other interviews because a lot of them are, like, like I'm saying, really insightful. Um, but for me, I kind of, like, when I, I was kind of on the Internet from this period of time where, like, it, it's very interesting because it's hard for me to gauge what, like, because at the time I look back when I was, like, 15 or 16 and I thought I was non-binary and... I think deep down inside, I knew that I didn't agree with the ideology and I didn't agree with like this whole mantra of like anybody can be trans, like you shouldn't gatekeep. Like I didn't really agree with all of that, like, but I kind of went along with it because I was like, I don't want to invalidate anybody. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to add to the discomfort that you're already experiencing and, and you have a community that's supporting you. So why would you not support the community that's supporting you? Right. Especially when you're first transitioning, you kind of like go, a lot of people say this, you you kind of look to the trans community for like, 
help. And it was interesting because there were so many people on the, in the trans community, but I couldn't really relate to a lot of them because they weren't exactly going. The only people that I could find that were going through what I was going through and actually talking about having dysphoria were like trans male YouTubers who had like actually gone on testosterone for a long time, had top surgery, wanted bottom surgery. Those are the only people that I could relate to. Hmm. And that's what made me realize I'm FTM. I'm not non-binary. I'm not any of this stuff. I literally just want to transition and be done with my life. Hmm. And Or uh, be on with your life. <laughs> on with my life. Yes, you're, yes, that's what I meant. I'm slowly getting to that point. I'm I'm actually pretty close to that point, which is nice. I'm actually hmm. two years two years on testosterone today, which is like, it's crazy. Cause so like, you started remember... when you were 16. Yes. Yeah. And how how was it to navigate that with your parents and the medical establishment for you? Um. So where I live, we have informed consent, which is like, I don't agree with. I don't like informed consent because I think that like, it makes it too easy to get on it. Um, but so you believe that screening should be in effect? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to go on hormones or get surgery, you need to talk to a psychologist or an endocrinologist or somebody that is an expert in the field. You need to talk to someone like Sasha that you talk to. I think she's great. I really enjoyed what she was saying. But um, I because I think that you need to go to a psychologist and you need to you need to like delve into your life and make sure that there's nothing else that's causing the problem. You need to make sure that you don't have body dysmorphia. You need to make sure you don't have this childhood trauma. You need to make sure that you're transitioning for the right reason. And there's too many people nowadays that are transitioning for the wrong reason. And then you go and you watch detransition videos. I've seen you talk to a lot of detransitioners. And there's a lot of people that, that have this misconception that, like, from what I say online, like, oh, I don't like detransitioners, which is absolutely not true at all. Like, I think that people who detransition have a lot of, like, Honestly, they have a lot of um, like confidence to say, "I this is what I did wrong," um, and and be who they are. You know what I mean? And the only issue I have is when they come back and they're trans exclusionary radical feminists. A lot of them are, but hmm. I won't even get into that. But um, we don't have to go into the turf war right now. <laughs> the turf war. I feel bad. I feel bad saying that because there's a lot of detransitioners who are not like that, and they mm -hmm. genuinely just want the best for people. Mm -hmm. But there are some who are, and it's like. Let's not. But well, did you see yourself um, in in your different phases of doing this? Because this is a very unique experience that you've had uh, ex going through this whole experience and, and then being online the whole time. So not only have you been influenced by the Internet culture, you have influenced the Internet culture. So, Which... so now you can look through and see, well, where was I pushing and how have I taken part in what's going on in culture? Right I now. think what I've what I've done is because when I started making trans content, I'll start when I started making trans content because I feel like that's what's relevant. What were you doing uh, before then? Then what kind I of I would content? just do like gaming videos. OK, like just like your typical like horror gaming videos. Um, basically, I started out making trans videos and they were pretty like simple videos where I would just say, Oh, this is like I could even look back, but I would mostly just talk about like this is what I want or like I would there would be more educational type of videos, just kind of like about like certain trans topics. Like it would be like hmm. this is my dysphoria about this, like this is the way I feel about this, is like this is where I want to be in two years, like this is what I anticipate testosterone. Yeah, it would be things like that. I can't even really remember. Um and like I'd make videos with my trans friends because I did have a couple uh, after I came out as trans I met this kid named Jack, 
and he was trans too. We are we're not really friends anymore, uh, actually because of our political differences now. But hmm. um, he was like he was one of, he was really like the reason that I honestly like him and this other kid who was trans in my school. They're the ones that really help me a lot when it comes to like accepting myself and like being like this is like okay because it's like you don't want to be the only trans person that you know you know what i mean like you feel like nobody understands you hmm. so talking to them really helped me like learn coping mechanisms with my dysphoria but i still like even with the stuff that you know i would talk to them about i really just my i wanted to get on testosterone very quickly like it was like i just Wanted to get on it. So I, I told my mom I was trans and I literally told her from that day that I told her that I was trans for the first time every day. I'd say, I want to go into testosterone. Take me to a therapist. Take me to a therapist. I want to go into testosterone. And I literally never stopped. I probably annoyed her so much, but she, my mom is definitely, my parents are both like I am, which is like very like scientific, like mm. routed type of people. And they were, my parents were always accepting of it. What they've said is, like, it's not surprising. Like, it makes sense, like, looking into your, like, childhood and stuff. But mm. they also wanted to make sure that I made the right decision. Like, they didn't want to just put their kid on hormones and, like, hope for the best, which yeah. is very responsible, I think. Um, and how old were you when you uh, made this uh, impassioned demand or this daily <laughs> request? Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen. So I, 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 my parents, I went on to testosterone a year after that so i lived as male for a year without testosterone and i was pretty lucky because i passed well before testosterone and um i went to um psychologist and my my psychologist that i still have today and like she definitely shaped a lot of my ideas because she's kind of in the similar mindset as i am where it's like i don't want to invalidate people who actually experience dysphoria but i also don't want to like enable this idea that there's like a million genders and that like anybody can be trans no matter what i don't like i i feel like you have to kind of come to like this middle ground of like Hmm. let's let's figure out why people are people are actually trans trans i go actually say like transsexual a lot i like that term better because like transsexual is is more like narrow it's like people who are Hmm. going from one gender to the other medically transitioning just want to like be as much cis as possible as and like just live their life you know what i mean mm-hmm. people like um i don't know if you know who buck angel is he's that way mm-hmm. he's like an older trans guy um and he does like he does like porn videos he's oh. i love him <laughs> yeah so don't look up his name too much on google but you can look him up on instagram <laughs> if you want to keep it pg but yeah he's he's a really cool guy and he's good for the community i think and he doesn't even want bottom surgery. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of reasons trans people wouldn't want certain surgeries. What about the risks that um, you've had to confront? Uh, I mean, you, you had to make some sacrifices. One, this might be too personal, so I'm sorry, but like your fertility, no. right? Going yeah. Forward. Yeah. And nothing. Then, honestly, nothing's too personal. I pretty much then, say everything. And then what, what are the, what about uh, the testosterone and like having to deal with that? Like... So my views on the fertility thing is that, like, number one, I never wanted to have kids biologically. Like, I never in my life, there was never a point in my life ever that I was like, I want to have a kid myself, ever. I was not interested. I did not, you know, obviously, like, I liked women anyways. So it's like I'm not ever going to be able to have a biological kid even if I wanted to and I don't. So Hmm. there was that. And then it was also the fact that, like, from a biological viewpoint – 
if I freeze, because you have the option before testosterone to freeze your eggs. And Same I, with sperm, I not, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can. And I didn't want to do that because to me, it's like if you're using my egg to form a child, in from a biological viewpoint, I'm still the mother of the child. And literally, that would just make me dysphoric, knowing that like from that biological hmm. point of view, I'm the mother of the child. So... I think like my views on that is that I'd rather just adopt a kid. Like I feel like there's just like there's so many kids in like the system mm. and stuff like that that like I'd rather just I can I can hear the comments or at least one somebody's in the comments going to come along and say, "Well, how do you know you're you're 18? How how can you make the decision now for who you're going to be when you're 40?" I think that's a good point because I can't see the future either. Mm-hmm. But I think that like with with the help of like people around me and like psychology my psychologist obviously like i feel like i made the best decision for myself at the time and i i feel like i i don't regret anything that i've done at all i don't regret any of mm-hmm. it and i feel like i would be miserable if i hadn't mm-hmm. i would just be miserable and i would want it so bad and so i've i feel like i i can never see myself ever like just like knowing, I don't know, knowing how I am. I'm this is the type of person where like I don't. Once I like, want once I do something, once I like make a decision, I just don't really ever go back on it. I can't mm-hmm. really think of many times that I, in my life ever, that I did something and then wanted to go back on it. So you had a psychologist uh, that you worked with, or that worked with you, I guess. Did you go yeah. to an endocrinologist as well? Yes. So I went what to. What was I that had, about? So to get on testosterone, I had to go. I went to a psychologist mostly because I wanted to and because my parents wanted me to and I wanted to make I like again I wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision hmm. so I went to the psychologist um and she's like she's like a normal like I think that for anybody that's considering transition going to a gender therapist is actually a bad idea because gender therapists are usually the people that believe gender is a social construct and they'll just say, okay, yes, 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 go on testosterone just because you want to. Yeah. But people who are psychologists and have studied like all of it and don't just focus on gender are usually more knowledgeable on like other mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just need to find a therapist that will validate your identity and like be respectful of you, but also really Pu- delve into if give this you is the some right pushback then in a way. Yes. I mean- yeah. Yeah. My therapist never really gave me pushback, but again, like I feel like I have this very like this very like I was this way, I was this way, I was this way, I was this way. Nothing ever happened to me in my childhood. There's literally nothing that's like, well, he could go back. There's honestly there's no mm. signs there. Mm. And And then I, so you went I, to an endocrinologist and Yeah, so to get on the testosterone you have to go to an endocrinologist. So I made so once I'd been going to therapy for like six months, my mom, my therapist said to my mom, like, okay, you should make an appointment with this endocrinologist because the wait list is like six months. So he's going to have to wait another six months anyways to go on uh, testosterone. So she made the appointment. um, And in February of 2017 is when I went Hmm. to that appointment and met with the endocrinologist for the first time. And I will say this, my endocrinologist she's a little crazy. She's a little bit crazy. She's got some of these, like these views that are like, Hmm. I feel like she's the type. Oh, my mic was being a little bit weird. She is honestly the type of person that I feel like would let just about anybody go on hormones. Mm -hmm. Like I know my friend also goes to her and she, uh, apparently my friend was saying something about needing dysphoria to be trans and the therapist, uh, not the therapist, 
my endocrinologist had said to her, like, well, there's trans people out there who don't have dysphoria. And my friend is like, well, what's the motivation then to transition? What's the motivation there? And the person was, she was literally just like, well, are you trying to invalidate trans people to me? And I'm like, you're a doctor. Like, <laughs> you're a doctor. That's alarming. That is mm. alarming. Well, yeah, she, she especially she's the person who hands out drugs. She's the one that's giving out the hormones. Yeah. So did you have to jump through any hoops or did they do blood tests or did, do they do they have to like look at the body and how it's going to re react to testosterone or does every single female natal female react to testosterone the same way? Mm, the answer is not everyone reacts the same way, but they'll put just about anybody onto it if they want. So I went, they did my blood work to make sure that like I didn't have any major issues you know, that would prevent, like, if you have, like, really bad heart issues, they'll stop you from going on it and try to resolve those first, you know? But, yeah, no, for me, they they prescribed it that day. And like you get, do you get, like, a muscle shot? No, it's just in the um, fat, like, in my stomach. Okay. And then and it's, how often is that? Uh, once a week. Okay. And for, so it's in perpetuity. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, if you do end up getting, like, um, bottom surgery, so <laughs> with the bottom surgery, like, if you get a hysterectomy and you get, like, the ovaries taken out and stuff, the things that, like, produce estrogen in your body, you do take a way lower dose most okay. of the time. Yeah. Because um, it's your testosterone and estrogen aren't, aren't fighting anymore. And how? what was it like going on testosterone and, and how has it changed over the last two years? So... I think this is the way I kind of like put it is like in the first year of being on testosterone is when you have the most changes. It's when your voice gets the most deep. It's when your face changes a lot. Um, it's when your body, I mean, well, fat redistribution, it, it mostly happens between years one and two. I had a little bit in the first year, but mostly my body has like gotten really straight in the second year. Hmm. And um, I think it's, it's interesting because when I first started it, it was like I could, I was all I was like the happiest day of my life like all I was so happy that day, and like for the next like so many months like when I was really seeing the changes like I was just so happy you know what I mean like happier than I ever been, and you know as the changes slowed down I was, it was more of just being content like it was the first time in my life that I was ever like I'm just really comfortable with myself you know. Hmm. I just like so more and more it's just I feel normal. It's like I don't feel like I'm like trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm not trying to be a girl. I'm not worried that I'm not passing as a male because now I just I know that to like the general person if I'm walking down the street they're just going to think I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. Which in my in my brain I just know that's how I feel. Yeah. One theme in speaking with the D-trans uh women uh, in the Peak mm -hmm. Resilience Project and GNC Centric, um, who's brilliant in my opinion. I really like GNC Centrist. I watch. I she's watch. Got, she's got some chops, man. Um, but but one theme with all five of those young women is that there's this uh, this cultural aspect that's heavily influencing them, and that that when they detransition, they have to unplug. So it doesn't seem like that cultural aspect was that strong for you? You mentioned a little bit about how when it was there to help you. So I want to know, like, what's the process of you kind of getting skeptical about that and kind of leaving that or becoming kind of a critic of it? Yeah. So I, I felt honestly like when I was in that 
social justice my my small social justice phase i did i did make a video on it um where i kind of touched on it and it was so long ago that i think about it but i mean i I joined the gsa at my school and actually i actually got kicked out of the gsa at my school um because for being too gay too straight or no for being too like anti-trans okay transphobic (laughs) i call i'm called transphobic on the daily basis if you like go to my twitter indirects it's like calvin gear is transphobic and hates trans people and i'm like okay i don't but i'm and i feel like i'm pretty lenient too like i'm i mean like if not like if a person wants to identify as non-binary and they actually have gender dysphoria like you genuinely have it yeah i'm not gonna sit here and be like you're yeah. not trans or non-binary yeah. isn't real. Uh, trans know? trans people getting called transphobic is like the ski lift to peak trans. Like that's just how you like get launched. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like it's like you couldn't think of anything else to say, so you just decided to call me transphobic. Yeah. Like it's people who like to like they're just offended over everything. I, I think that if my opinion of the trans community is making you feel that invalid you have some of your own issues to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion on it. So but, that and that's what kind of got you kicked out of the GSA, the Gay Straight yeah. Alliance. The gay, right? the 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 LGBT people at my school, they like completely, especially after I. Um, I don't know if you know who Blair White is. Yes. So I maybe I'll have watching, her on someday. Oh my god! If you, I bet you she would be down. I'm actually friends with her, so I'm trying to. We're oh. trying to hook up when I get to LA and make a video together. So I'm pretty excited for that. Oh, awesome. we tried. We tried in December, but like she was here to visit family, so it was like really hard to like coordinate. Yeah. But we did. We ended up hanging out. But I love Blair. I think that like she just. She also has a lot of like really great things that I'm just like. I makes me laugh so hard when she roasts people, but. <laughs> I started watching her and I started out as like, I would say a fan of Blair, honestly, because she was the only trans person that I saw on YouTube that was talking about this and talking about like, yes, these people are so toxic. They're like roping people in, trying to like, you know, turn trans into a political movement when like most of us literally just want to live our lives and be normal people and just live as like a cis male or a cis female. And I really agreed with that. Like when I started watching her videos, I was like, finally like someone else feels this way you know and because at the time like i i had just kind of gotten out of my being like an sjw like i no longer i i don't i had a tumblr for like a month where like i would like go on there and like look at like non-binary support posts and stuff like that and i would always like repost them and be like everybody's valid just because like i don't know like i guess i just wanted to like be nice and that's like fine, that's fine that's fine no judgment <laughs> you're you're a teenager you still are a teenager so (laughs) i judge my past self for that so much but i laugh at it now you know what i mean i laugh at that because it wasn't me like it was me just trying to like make other trans people happy and like other trans people like Hmm. like me you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and but when i watch blair's videos and another youtuber named theron meyer um, she actually used to make videos that were really similar to blair's um but a little more less like roasty and more so, like, intellectually driven. Very, she was, like, she is really well-spoken. I really do like Theron Meyer, but she's kind of, like, moved away from those type of videos. She doesn't really talk about it anymore. Um, and I think her views have, like, changed a little bit. But I started watching them, and I was like, hmm. there's no trans guys that talk about this. Like, I was like, I, that shocked me because no, I, I, there were no trans guys. And I started talking to my friends about it. Like, I, I have a friend named Ryan who's also trans. He makes videos. Um, and I would mainly talk to him about it and he agreed with me, but both of us were like, well, 
we don't want to say it because at, at the time I had a lot of followers. I had probably like 50K on Instagram because I was involved like this was probably about a year after I came out, like six months to a year after I came out. And I had made friends who were trans on the Internet, um, uh, a couple other trans guys like uh, and we had this like group of trans guys that little girls like idolized on Musical.ly. I know this sounds so cringy. I was like a Musical.ly fuckboy. Like, actually, like, making the videos with the, like, this type of thing on the Musical.ly app, that was me. You're going to make it where you can make it. <laughs> because having girls, but having these young girls, mm. like, think that I was, like, a hot guy made me feel good because I was, like, okay, like, they see me just as a normal guy. Like, every other boy that makes TikTok yeah. videos or whatever, or Musical.ly videos. And so that really, like... It really helped me a lot. Like, you know, I, I do laugh were at it. You, were you uh, trans in that? Did people, the girls that worshipped you? Trans. Okay, they Okay, cool. They knew I was trans, yeah. Hmm. Um, and it was like me, this kid Justin, uh, R- Ryan, this other kid Reagan, my friend Jack at the time. And uh, we just, we made videos. We had this TikTok, stuff like that. We would like meet, we would go on these like social media tours and like meet these like kids and stuff like that. But hmm. I think what really did move me the most though, is when I would have like young trans guys come up to me and be like, you know, you helped me so much, like feel like it's okay. And so that to me, that's when I really like, hmm. I, you know, the little, the little girls doing that and everything like that. Like, you know, I liked it and all. It made me feel confident in myself. Cause you know, everyone's insecure and likes attention sometimes, but the the young the trans kids that were coming up to me and saying that they liked what I would say because sometimes I would talk about the whole gender dysphoria debate and I would like yeah. low key mention it and people would be like I like when you talk about this like make a video talking about it so what got me started into this pull away from normal trans stuff is I made a video and it was called I used to be a non-binary SJW and why I'm not anymore mm-hmm. and this video got like six hundred thousand views yeah. And you, you, a you lot pu- of you pop in that red pill. Yeah. Yeah. Literally people. Yeah. People, people were like, you're a Republican now. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I was just like, and what, was what like, prompted I, you to do that then? Feeling like I wanted people to know where I stood. Like I wanted people okay. to know that like, I did not agree with this mantra that anybody can be trans and that if you have dysphoria, um, yeah, if you don't have dysphoria, you're still trans. I didn't agree with that. I was like, that's stupid. And the biggest thing about it is that like, I watched the detransitioner videos cause I always have, like, I always thought it was important to like, look at their stories and hear their points of view because I really think that like, if you're thinking about transitioning, you need to look at the other side hmm. and you just say, do I have any of these warning signs? Hmm. Um, and, and so I wanted people more so than anything to realize that if you don't have dysphoria, you're going to get your, from transitioning, you're going to give yourself dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Somebody that doesn't have dysphoria and they have a female body and they're comfortable with their female body, but then for some reason decide to go on testosterone, you're going to be uncomfortable with the male changes that you have. Hmm. So I was like, I don't want to see That sounds people- obvious, but it's not said that much or like it's nice to hear that said it's not it's not said because people are scared to say it because if you say it you're transphobic and if you say it you're being a bigot and you're being a gatekeeper which is saying like they call everybody anybody that says that you should like we were talking earlier about like needing to go to gender therapy in order to you know get on hormones i think that's key 
uh, and really important. And people will say, well, that's gatekeeping. Why are you stopping people from getting hormones? Why are you being a roadblocker? If you're trans yourself, why would you do that? And I'm like, because I don't want to see people make the wrong decision. That just sounds obvious. Do you know why people are against gatekeeping or against what we could probably call traditional patients? Because they think that they think that if you say you're trans, no question should be asked. You should just be allowed. If you say you're trans, every single person should believe you and call you by whatever name and pronouns you want to be called by and let you do whatever you want. But why? Why is this the one issue that people are like this about? Do you have any guesses? I think because it's new. And because not a lot of people really understand it hmm. and they don't really understand gender. They don't really understand what gender dysphoria is. And so they just look at like people like me. You take somebody like me and you take one of these people that is like non-binary clown gender, whatever. And it's like, well, this person's trans and this person's trans. They're both trans. Same okay. thing. Yeah. And it's not like I, I do not group myself with these people at all. I cannot like I cannot. It's very like I've said, it's very insulting that they. They try to claim being trans when they don't experience – like I feel like the reason that the, the LGBT community exists is because – especially, well, the trans community more so – is because like when it first started to be a thing, the the trans community was full of people who truly in their brain like knew they were the opposite gender. They would do anything to you know have that acceptance and to be understood and to be able to just live their life normally. And it was supposed to be – it's more so built on like – a group of people who are all kind of experiencing the same struggle and the same, you know, mental um, strain from this gender dysphoria. And they were gender identity disorder at the time. And they were all just kind of going through the same thing and like supporting each other. But then when social justice became this big thing, it kind of like, I don't know how, but being trans just kind of like blew up into this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very different thing. I don't know. I don't I don't sound nearly as professional as some of the other people you've had on, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I I'm very opinionated on all this. I hate it. Like it just makes it really hmm. boils my blood, not gonna lie. I'm probably gonna cut this out, but I have to ask, what what's your thoughts on contrapoints? It's okay, um I don't know because I remember Blair did this video on contrapoints. They did a debate back when like contrapoints was like a huge SJW and like was a there's I'll, I'll link it to you. It's called like gender queer debate with a gender queer feminist, and it's contrapoints when contrapoints looked like a man in a wig. Yeah, and Blair was like, "You're fake. Like you're not this, that, and the other." And then uh, contrapoints now is this like huge like icon or whatever. Yeah, I actually saw her tweet a couple of minutes ago. I actually before we got on, I was like, I thought it was funny, but um. Has she, has she chilled out then? Cause I, I think. I don't really know. Yeah, I, don't I don't really know. watch her. She lives in Maryland. She actually lives oh. like 20 minutes from me. Well, maybe you and Blair and her should all get uh, together and like do like some sort of fist. <laughs> some like fist bumping. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know her, so I hmm. don't really have right. that much of an opinion. No, okay. Um, that was, uh, I just was thinking about uh, just the influence that you have had on YouTube culture or on culture itself. And do you see that I can see a lot of people who are trans, like get into this thing where they, they want to change the discussion. They want to like kind of wrest uh, from the radical trans activists, the power that they have and the centrality that they have over the discussion and get really burnt yeah. out really quickly on doing that and just want to go back to do something else. So how, yeah. how central is your uh, political the political aspect of of this to you and and what's your relationship? I think, I think like 
not to like you know eat my own ass or whatever but i i do think that the videos that i make especially like i look at some of my videos that have like like a million and a half views or like you know (laughs) 700,000 views. That's a lot of people that are hearing what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And and then I'm getting I'm getting like that tens of thousands of comments that are saying like you're right. Like I agree with you. Like you're the first trans person I've seen mm-hmm. who makes sense. And like it makes sense that you're trans. Like obviously like you're just doing what the best thing was for you to do, which is to just live as the gender that you've always felt that you were. And so, oh, and you know what they call it? They know what they call that is called cis bootlicking. They say that like anybody that like wants to be like cis passing, and anybody that like wants cis people's approval is a cis bootlicker. It's really stupid. Is that related to true scum? True scum is like what I am. So that's like tra- there's <laughs> true scum. True scum and trans medicalist are the same thing. Okay. I know. True scum is the stupidest term ever. I don't even. It's been around for a really long time. And I think it's changed. I think that I've hmm. me. It's not just me. It's me, Ryan, my friend Ryan, and um, this other YouTuber named Sam Collins, and even Blair White, um, and my friend London as well. There's. I feel like we're the main like trans med YouTubers who have like got on and been like, I'm trans, but I don't agree with like 99% of what these people are saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I I have honestly lately. And not even just, like, on the YouTube world, but even, like, in, like, places like the Philly Trans Health Conference or, like, with my psychologist talking about, like, trans issues is that, like, this whole debate, do you need dysphoria to be trans, is slowly the majority of people are, like, yeah, you do. Okay. And and so more people are in the trans community are – I think a lot of people in the trans community really do agree with, like, what I say but are too afraid to say it for Mm. the sake of being called transphobic. Mm-hmm. because I, I like, I don't know if you've ever seen, it. I don't know how much of like what I have said you've seen. Cause I know you followed me, but I, I didn't know you followed me actually. I just like went to follow you on Twitter. It was very was, recent like, because uh, somebody popped in um, uh, to one of the videos and said, you, you need to get Calvin's uh, ideas on, on here. Right. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I was watching your videos and I followed you and I, um, but I get like, honestly so much hate like it's just like yeah. incessantly people and you know the funny thing is their profiles all look the same it's yeah. always like non-binary he him they them um queer socialist they all say the same thing so it's, it's really kind of like hilarious. a flock of npcs by which it's i mean like a, you don't really yeah. take it seriously i don't take them seriously at all yeah but do you because think that they're they're uh, blocking you from reaching people who would be who would find your message useful not a, I mean, I think that some of them, honestly, if they weren't so brainwashed, if they could listen with open an open mind, would be able to understand, like, mm-hmm. this is the truth. You know what I mean? Um, but once you get sucked into that culture, like some of the people you've talked to have said, once you're sucked in that culture, you're brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And I'm Until you get really smacked. glad. Yeah. I am very glad that I have not. Because, like, I feel like I have, like, a lot of my own individual ideas. Like, I don't agree with every single thing that all, all trans medicalist people say, and I don't agree with every single I, – I don't agree with most of what the SJWs say. But, like, yeah. I I think that, like, it's important to, like, be a free thinker, and a lot of these people are not <laughs> – they do not have free thought. Well, speaking of that, speaking of disagreeing with other people, and I want to do this respectfully because uh, Maritza's not on right now, and Jamie Shoup's not on right now, but – um. 
Marita, who I published the interview with just a couple days ago, she had a very, very strong anti-trans uh, position. And as yeah. soon as I posted that, a really good friend of mine who is trans uh, came, uh, like, kind of started bitching at me about that. I'm like, I know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I want to I want to give the platform to, like, that this other point of view, a more middle ground point of view. Just on her ideas. Yeah. Fundamentally, I disagree with, like, all of them. <laughs> like... I think I think it's ignorant to say that just because transitioning didn't work for you. Like a lot of detransitioners say this. They're like, well, trans people say to me like I, it's funny because I, I, a lot of trans people will say just because transitioning didn't work for you doesn't mean it works for everyone. And they're like, well, that's wrong to say. And I'm like, well, it's kind of true. Like, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of detrans people out there who are very anti-trans and the reason that they're anti-trans is because it didn't work for them. I mean, there's no other reason for them to be anti-trans. Well, that and perhaps the trans community itself has has uh, left. And a was bad toxic. Taste in it it was toxic for them and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, that's so. It's so like rude and ignorant to people who transition and never regret it. Okay. Because you're you're literally erasing them. Okay. Like yeah. I'm never I'm never gonna sit here and say that like every trans person is valid and that like nobody's going to detransition. Like I know there's detransitioners. I know that like being trans isn't for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I'm never going to erase what they went through, but at the same time you have to give mm. people who are trans the same level of respect. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, obviously I'm only 18, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, 3000%. I'll never, cause every detransitioner says that like 3000. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to detransition. I have no stat 3000. What, what was that? Oh, saying? it's not an actual stat. I was just saying, like, I'm not going to see her and be like 3,000% sure I'm never going to detransition. Oh, okay. yeah. Because, I mean, nobody can read the future. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I ever would. I have no intentions of doing it. But well, What about the tact of saying to the detransitioners, uh, well, you were never really trans to begin with? I think that's, for me, I used to have a very clean-cut view on this. It was like, if you detransition, you never had gender dysphoria. You never did. You never had true gender dysphoria. Okay. And to an extent, I hmm. agree with that because it's like hmm. if you were okay with living as your birth gender, because like there's some people who detransition only because they didn't have acceptance from their family or their transition wasn't going well and they didn't feel like they were passing and that was really mentally tolling. And those people do have gender dysphoria. So hmm. I'm not going to say that. But if you were somebody that detransitioned, and you either had childhood trauma or body dysmorphia disorder or sexual assault, and that's what prompted your transition. I don't think you ever had true gender dysphoria. Hmm. Well, because gen- this isn't that's another thing because it seems like there's uh, levels of severity of gender dysphoria. Like GNC um, centric says that she still has gender dysphoria. It's just becoming a man wasn't the path for her. And that yeah. her her mission in life right now is to just give people other options because there's no other option that's being presented other than just go on hormones, cut off the boobs. And that's how I feel now more so because I do realize that for some people, like, some people are, are never, like, I'm in a very, like, as much as this sounds kind of SJW, I, I'm in a place of privilege. Like, I had a pretty easy transition. I, like, always really passed. I got surgery when I was 17 like, I have insurance. I have a supportive family. So, for me, transitioning was not hard. I didn't really have to go, you know, I didn't really have to worry about too much stuff. Hmm. And hmm. I can recognize that some people 
can't always pass or can't get surgery. And like, hmm. I mean, let's say you're putting all this effort. And this is another thing Maritza did talk about is this stat that trans people commit suicide and trans people are not happy. And my take on that is that, yeah, there's people who regret transitioning and maybe would kill themselves. Like, but that stati- that statistic is very small. I don't think that that uh, group is as big as the group of people who transition. They do all of these things that to make themselves feel comfortable, and it's still not enough. It's still you're still getting called she. Like, let's say that you're just somebody who's born female and you're short, and you have really big hips, and your bone structure is built in a very very feminine way. No matter how much testosterone you take, you can't change your bone structure. You can't change certain things. And so let's say you get surgery and do all these things and you're still not passing and people still aren't like just seeing you as a guy. Like imagine how like mentally taxing that would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if I was in that situation, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't want to live. Like I'd be like, I'm doing everything I can. Like what more can I do? You know, I can't mm-hmm. change my bone structure. So like, uh, I think your point about GNC centrist about how she's trying to give people other options if you have dysphoria, but transitioning just doesn't seem like it would be what you want. Yeah. Um, I think that that's important. This this topic, it, it's very peculiar in that it it either maps horribly onto a political uh, framework or uh, either horribly or, or beautifully, because there's so much complexity to it and there's so much gradation to it one size fits all is never going to work but because there's so much ambiguity the tras can come in and just say you accept everything or nothing uh, because because like the conversation it's too complex to really be summed up into political language and and to map onto you know like uh people arguing in the streets about it and that's why it's it's either perfectly aligned for people who want to grab power and use it to grab power or it's horribly aligned for political discourse and so it's going to shove the shove all the people into boxes and cracks and and do a lot more marginalizing than anything else yeah i don't think that i don't think there's ever going to be a point that the trans community is completely in sol- solidarity and everyone's like yes we all believe the same thing we're all fighting for the same thing all the time i don't think the trans community will ever get to that point 